This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Thank you for downloading the Whole Radio Weekly Podcast. This is a recording of a live show broadcast every Monday night from 8 o'clock. If you want your message to be included on the next show, you can email us during the week at radio at homesdale.net. Please note the phone lines are now closed. Hi and welcome back. Um, with me today, I have John Burgess. Hello, John. Hello, 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 hello. And also, we have Ben Nagel. Good evening. <laughs> Hi, Ben. Little tune for you there. Uh, we've got Aaron Mitchell with us today. Hi, Aaron. Yeah, mom. What's up? Ah, oh, Jamaican. Brilliant. And also, we have Albert with us as always. Hi, Albert. All right. All right, yeah. And I am your host, Chris Hambling. And what we're going to do today, we've uh, obviously the, the main thing we've got for you today is that we have Mark Bright on later on. Uh, he should be on from about quarter past. But the uh, first thing we're really going to do is uh, preview the Barnsley match, which John will take you through. Now, just to remind you, any need to get in contact with us today for any questions for Mark or anything else you want to discuss, you can uh, contact us by email. It's radio at homesdale.net. The uh, phone number is 0208-123-1646. You can text us a short message on 81696. Uh, you can send us a message on Twitter. It's a uh, starting message with at Whole Radio, and we'll pick it up from there. And the Twitter feed is twitter.com forward slash Whole Radio. And you can add us on Skype. Just add homesdale.net on Skype and give us a give us a ring there. Okay, and uh, the general sort of topic for discussion later on will be the signing of Gavin Mon, but uh, hopefully most of the, the show will be taken up by talking to Mark Bright. So I'm going to hand over to John to take you through the Barnsley game. That's right, Chris. We do actually have some football to talk about, not just the hubbub surrounding uh, Mark Bright. And yes, I did manage to get the word <laughs> hubbub on air, which I'm very pleased Good about. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we have Barnsley coming up on Saturday. Big, uh, big day for Palace. Uh, fill up Selhurst Day, so I hope you've got all of your uh, non-regular attending Palace fan friends to come along with you. Um, it's going to be an interesting game, I think, Saturday. Um, 
they're eight points above us at the moment, are sitting pretty on 47. Uh, they've won 12, they've lost uh, 11, and sorry, they've lost 15 and drawn, drawn 11, and they're mm. 16th in the table. Uh, their their key goal scorers this season has been Andy Gray, obviously not that Andy Gray, which has been uh, sacked <laughs> from Sky TV, unless he's making a shock return to football. Um, so really, th- that that's the sort of base facts about them. Uh, ben, what have you got in terms of their form? Mm, it's an odd one actually with Barnsley. They've they've not been very good recently. In their last eleven games, they've only won twice and they've drawn four times and five losses. There's been some interesting results in there actually. Yeah. A good result a couple of weeks against, against Cardiff uh, at Cardiff Space. They drew two all, um, and before that they'd got a draw with Leeds at the, in the middle of February. So two good away results, um, you know, at Ellen Road and at, at uh, Cardiff. So it's, uh, it's quite strange. So they can really, they can get points away, but it's the famous Palace sort of we big it up against the big teams and sometimes don't necessarily pick up the points where we'd expect it. And I think that's going to make for a, a strange game. I'm hoping that they're going to bring their B game to Sellers Park. Yeah. Um, so, Aaron, have you got any players Top to watch? Goals, for <clears throat> yes, I do. Um, I've got a few. I'm going to pick up Luke Steele. I know he's only a keeper. It, in my opinion, he's a very good keeper. He's kept nine clean sheets this season. He's an excellent shot stopper. I've seen a few good saves made by him this season. Uh, he's made the most appearances for Barnsley this season. He has made 40. Uh, you got Adam Hamill, despite not being at the club anymore. So we'll skip him. Uh, Kieran Trippy, I do believe his name is. Currently on loan from Man City. Uh, this is his second loan spur at Barnsley. And currently has the most assists for the team with five. Mm-hmm. And as you pointed out, Andy Gray has scored six goals this season. And has a chance to overtake Hamill as the top scorer for Barnsley. I think they'll be hoping their top scorer does actually play for them. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it seems strange actually that they, they, their form's dropped a bit since uh, you mentioned him there. Um, Adam Hamill left them to go to Wolverhampton, and um, I think he must have been a much key, more key player for them than than maybe we we thought earlier in this season. Yeah. Um, so really, all that's left to do is to go around and see what the predictions are for Saturday. So I'm going to start with... I'm going to go back to Aaron. Well, it's going to be packed out. We know I'm going to go for a 2-1 Palace win. 2-1. Hedging a bit slightly. Mm. I like that. And Ben? Uh, Nick a 1-0, I think. 1-0. They're taking all the good ones, Chris. That's just not fair, is it? Um, well, you know what? It's it's a big game. Be a full stadium with any luck. Um, I reckon. I reckon we're gonna we're gonna absolutely murder him three 0 Three 0 Okay, thanks. You've actually left me nothing uh, to go on here. <laughs> um, to be honest, um, my head's oh. telling me that we're we're gonna lose on Saturday. Um, because only because whenever we have an initiative like fill up Sellers Day or a family day, we tend to be rubbish. So, mm. um, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, still, I'm, I'm still going to go for a three-one win to Palace because yeah. um, my head counts for nothing, to be honest. <laughs> Good work. How about Albert? Don't leave him out. Albert, the most important man. What are you going to go for? Uh, yeah, big occasion. Fill up the Sellers Day. Hopefully, be a nice day. Um, they're not particularly good. You know, we're on a bit of a roll, so I'm going to go with a nil-nil. <laughs> That's the spirit. Wonderfully eloquent, yeah, I like that. 
God. So um, we can guarantee people that, that it's going to be exactly zero of those results. So uh, if you are putting a bit on, don't go for any of those results. Mm. Um, okay, so okay. obviously, as we said, we've got, uh, we've got Philip Sellers Day on Saturday. And I think we're going to have a chat now to Milky, who's, uh, who's been instrumental in uh, setting this up. He's a, he's a Palace Radio favourite as well. I do seem to remember. We're going to call him live now. Made that tension music again last week. <laughs> Welcome to the O2 messaging service. <laughs> oh, oh, nightmare. Could I have okay, mentioned we'll I really on. hate O2? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, look, I can talk to you about uh, Phillips on Thursday as well, so you're quite lucky there. He's not going to. Yeah, yeah, quick, clearly. Now, um, uh, actually, to be honest, before we do that, I know Ben had a bit more to say about the uh, the, the form of Barnsley, so I'm going to give him a chance to do that. Um, ben? Yeah, something something that we can note. Yeah, in their last few games, when they've got their, their good results, they've scored late goals against Cardiff, 89th minute, against Scunthorpe when they beat them at the 83rd minute. Going back to the Leeds game, they got their draw in the 82nd minute. They got yeah. a draw against Ipswich, 90 plus 3, so we do need to look out for that late goal. Coming in from, from uh, Andy Gray again or Marlon Harewood, someone like that. So yeah, I mean, that's good to know, considering we're in, in the last 10 minutes. Yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I'm going to leave at 80 minutes. <laughs> Does the result still stand if you leave before it finishes? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I hope it it's does, because like, I've got, like I've got a plan if that's the case. If a tree falls and no one's there to hear it, does it make a sound? <laughs> We're getting a little bit philosophical. Anyway, listen, let's... No I can't hear it because I'm deaf in one ear at the moment. <laughs> that doesn't help. Anyway, let's, 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 um, let's talk Philip Sellers Day anyway while I, while I remember. Um, John, I mean, you're gonna, you can treat me like the man you were about to interview if you like and I'll see what I can do for you. Well, tell me about Philip Sellers Day, Chris. Oh, that's just no fun, is it? That's your... no, no, not. <laughs> it's, got, it's got quite a lot of support on um, on Twitter, on the forum, yes, yeah, yeah. everything like that. Um, do you, how much of an impact do you think it's going to make to the to the attendance for Saturday? I'll be honest, I was I've been following it quite a lot. I mean, I've been buying buying a fair few tickets for people off the website as well, which is one of the things I know Mark has been doing over on the BBS as well. Um, and it's been getting gradually harder and harder to find you know sort of groups of seats together and i mean obviously with the new ticketing system you can you can actually go on and, and sort of do the pick seats feature and you can see how much is sold and i think we're on for a really really good good attendance and that you know that's such a positive thing for for an idea to come out of you know a post on the bbs to be then taken to through the fans forum uh, directly to the club and for the club to get behind it and you know and support that initiative and suddenly uh, you know, we're weeks down the line from where we were, from it just being a sort of pie in the sky idea, and, and I think we're we're possibly well, we're certainly on for for one of the biggest home attendances if, of the season, if not the biggest. Uh, I think you are. I think mm, about that you know, as well. Something really interesting there, which is okay. uh, you mentioned about other things that we've been doing this season with the um, the Palace on Tour Day. It just seems to me there's a bit more passion around about the club at the moment. You know, um, we, everyone's really sort of, you know, just sort of not just sitting there and going, oh, that's a great idea, let's not go. They're sort of picking up, taking the mantle and then going, yep, yeah, let's let's grab a ticket and go up to Coventry, go down to Cellars, get our mates involved, things like that. I mean, we all know that Palace, when it's full, can be absolutely superb atmosphere. It's a horrible old stadium, but it doesn't half make a noise. 
Yeah. And that's what I'm looking forward to most about Saturday, that it's just going to be a load of noise. I mean, I think the last time I really heard that was Burnley when we thrashed them at the end of a few seasons yeah. ago. Yeah, amazing and game. That, that, day was, that day will live me for the rest of my life, to be honest. Um, ben, you were going to come in with something there. Yeah, just to back up that point, I mean, I've got my season ticket, obviously, but none of my family come with me. And for this game on Saturday, my mum's got a ticket, my dad's got a ticket, my sister's got a ticket. Everyone's kind of coming down, everyone is getting behind it. I know a lot of my friends have got tickets. And one thing that really contributes, I think, is the weather. In the last week, we've had really good weather around this, this area, and if that does carry on yeah. to Saturday, I think that's another another point that will get people down. Yeah, proper yeah, that, football that, day. That would be a spectacular a spectacular day, really. There's nothing worse than loads of people turning up, and it's raining, or some people don't turn up because it's raining, which is, that's real fair weather yeah. to the nth degree. <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. Um, but you also mentioned about the... Um, uh, about the new ticketing system, and I've, I've had a look, and I've got to say, it's pretty good. I don't know what you think about that. You've obviously mm. used it quite a lot in this uh, initiative. Yeah, I mean, the sad thing is that the um, the, the actual special offers haven't been available uh, through the online booking system, because it's, it's still in its infancy, really. But um, I think anyone who's, who's had a chance to sort of use it um, will, will know it just makes so much more logical sense. There's so many little features that... That even when you're uh, you're ringing in uh, to book tickets with the, with the box office, you, sh- you now get an automatic confirmation email. Sounds ridiculous, but just a little something like that that just wasn't really happening before. Um, but I think what I've used it for this week is is planning where I'm picking out tickets for people. Uh, I just go into the choose seat function, and you know I can see exactly what what's available. And you know when I ring the box office, my my phone call isn't taken up by sort of, oh, can I have some in block C, can I do that? I know exactly what row and what seat I can pick out, and, and it's all, all there in front of them, and it's the same it is for me. So, yeah, yeah amazing system. Before, I've got to say, it was a bit off-putting if you wanted to buy someone a ticket and you had to go through the whole palaver. I hated the old ticketing system online, mm. and so I end up phoning, I end up speaking to someone who like was clearly as nonplussed as I was by the ticketing situation, and that just seems a little bit more, uh, bit, little bit more clear, and, you know, it's just a lot easier to do, and hopefully that will encourage people to to come down sellers maybe a bit more regularly if they've tried to book for this match. Yeah, let's hope so. Um, just before we, we go to a song, I think, Aaron, you wanted to say something? Yeah, um, very looking forward to the idea, providing, Chris, you have bought those tickets, my man. <laughs> but <laughs> I think it, it will definitely lift the squad. I think we're going to win well on Saturday, despite my prediction saying maybe not but you know we've seen the team get lifted from the fans and I think it's going to be absolutely wrong despite the bad condition the crowd's in it's going to be absolutely brilliant so bring your voices yeah. people okay, I hope you're then. coming to the surface before that match Sharon <laughs> <laughs> I don't know you're being underwater during the game just to the pressure <laughs> we're going to scoop it off his outfit That'd be fantastic. Okay. Anyway, I think we are, okay. are going to go to a song now. And um, hopefully after that we'll have Mark Bright on the line. So we're going to go with the killers, Mr. Brightside. <laughs>
This is Palace News in Brief. The Palace Academy fell to an unfortunate 3-1 defeat to Aston Villa during the week. The sad news is that during the game against the villains, right back Aaron Akaruga suffered a nasty injury to his ankle, believed to have been a break. We would like to echo the thoughts posted on Twitter by his colleagues and say a big, Get well Get soon! Well From everyone at Whole Radio. Over to you, Ben. West Fodderingham is joined Blue Square Basement by Tiston until the 30th of April. West paid 90 minutes for the Stutes in their 1-0 defeat to play off shooting York City. Wes will be hoping that his efforts will lead to more positive results than that suffered at the hands of the Minstermen. Other than that, Jack Holland has joined Blue Square Premier League strugglers Eastbourne Borough until the end of the season. Jack did not join in time to play in the sport's recent 3-1 defeat to Kettering Town, but will be hoping he can make a better impact on the team than those who played in the defeat against the Poppies. Over to you, Aaron. Thank you, Ben. The second-year scholars have heard today will be given professional contracts today. Jake Price and Ebert Skidia have been awarded a contract, but the sad news is that Dan Pringle has not been offered a professional deal. Everyone at Hall Radio would like to wish Dan the very best in finding a new club and that we will continue to watch his rise despite this setback. Over to you, Mark. Thank you. Crystal Palace have signed Gavin Mahon on loan from Queen's Park Rangers until the end of the season. Mahon is an experienced defensive midfielder who has skippered the super hoops in the past. Gavin said, I'm very pleased to have joined. I used to live over Oxford Way, so I know the area well. It's been a stop-start for me this season, and I need to be playing and in and amongst the first team. If I can give some input off the pitch as well as on it, that will be great. Over to you, John. Academy Centre off. Last week's old radio guest Ryan Ellis has been named in England under 16 sport for the upcoming international event Scotland. This is the second call up for Ryan. His first being the nil-nil draw with Slovenia in Feb, and it's much deserved for his progress this season. Congratulations, Ryan. Over to you, Peter Griffin. <laughs> much, John. And finally, a quick reminder of the story from last week that Eagles legend Jeff Thomas will be attending Saturday's game against Barnsley to raise money for leukemia and lymphoma research. Jeff will also talk to the crowd at half-time about his own cancer battle and his determination to help more patients survive. To help Jeff give blood cancer the red card, you can donate £2 by texting Jeff to 70099. Standard network work rates apply. That was Palace News in Brief. There we had a surprising Palace News in Brief section. Um, so uh, we're having a few technical problems getting hold of Mark Bly at the moment, but be assured he will be on. We have spoken to him. And despite the tweets, Indeed, he did yeah, find our number. <laughs> yeah, we're just adding him on Skype now, so he should appear very shortly. So remember to keep your questions coming in on the homesdale.net uh, uh, radio thread on the on the Homesdale and also if you're in the chat room let us know what you're thinking apart from the fact that this has been a massive balls up <laughs> uh, hi Mark how are you yeah, yeah sorry about the quality hopefully it'll, it'll hold up for, for for as long as we we can make it really um, I'm just going to shut a few things down and see if that helps um, listen we'll, we'll try and take take you through the uh, questions we got as quick as possible um, you know we really appreciate you coming on obviously mate so um we all right to fire away? Can you hear me? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can hear you. Can you hear us? Can everybody hear me? <laughs> well, Everyone is listening. <laughs> Everyone listening. Yeah, that's that's so. Oh, I really don't know what's happening. I can really apologise for the quality. Yeah, it'll probably be disappearing. But okay, listen. We'll um, I'll try and ask you a question, and we'll see how far we get. <laughs> okay. Um, if if you sort of right, vote, when you've got a radio show, make sure people can hear you. <laughs> it is one of the key aspects. They could hear us last week. I'm thinking of blaming you for all of this. There's probably too many people trying to listen. Um, okay, listen. Uh, sort of first question. If yeah. um, if we go back to to when you joined uh, Palace from Leicester, I think you you started your, your career at League League Town. I think it was. That's Went right. on to, to Port Vale and and then on to uh, to Leicester. What was it that? that convinced you it was right to sort of move south to, to London and with Palace? Um, Steve, couple. Um, yeah. I, I wasn't having a great, I wasn't having a great time at um, Leicester. I'd broken into the team. I'd taken Gary Lineker's place because he'd, he'd moved to Everton. I started yeah. quite well and then it faded for me and the fans got on to me and it's, it's well documented and the, 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 the manager really t- said I needed to leave basically. Um, Right. I had a few options of going to, I think it was Oldham. I spoke to Brian Horton, who was at Hull City at the time, and I didn't get a feel for that. And then I met Steve on the, I can I can remember it like it was yesterday, Watford mm. Gap Service Station on the M6. Um, <laughs> walked in, saw him. Obviously, he hadn't finished playing very long, and it's sort of like just I was still I was I was in awe of him a little bit. And yeah. he, the first, he just shook me hand. He said, "How are you doing?" I said, "Yeah, I'm good, thank you." He goes, "Do you want a cup of tea?" <laughs> um, and um, I just knew I, I would say within a few minutes I just knew I thought if because I can remember Steve playing obviously yeah. I thought this, if this guy thinks I'm that good then obviously he he, he, he knows he's, a, he's you know he's been a great player so I just yeah I just wanted and he said to me we're playing at Forest like in a couple of days come and have a look at the team play and see if you see yourself fitting in and I went to watch yeah. the team play because it was just up the road. Andy Andy Gray played up the front with Wrighty, and they were they played really well. And I just thought, well, where am I going to play? <clears throat> and when I spoke to him afterwards, he goes, "No, I'm going to put Andy in midfield." And oh, yeah. um, and I said, because Andy was playing up front with Wrighty then, and um, and so that that kind of I just wanted to get out of Leicester because anyone who was there at the time will understand that. It was a really, you know, it was it was one of those one of those things in football that you make a move and it didn't work out. And yeah. I have no regrets, no regrets about going there because I learnt a lot. Um, I'd only been in professional football one year with Port Vale, um, hmm. and uh, Gary Lineker was up front and Alan Smith. We had people like Steve Linex, um, Andy Peake, very good player, Ian Banks, um, Kevin McDonald went on to to win loads of trophies at, at Liverpool. At Mark Wallington, we had a very very good team and. I enjoyed my time then. I learned things, and and, and yeah. in football you just learn that everything's just a process, and you 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 get better each year. You should get better, improve your knowledge and your skills. And I worked really hard. It didn't pay off there, but I, when I went to Palace, I think all the hard work what I put in at at, um, at Leicester paid off. So yeah, it was yeah. Within, within within I don't know ten or fifteen minutes of speaking to Steve, I thought yes, I want to I want to go and I want I want to sort of um, to be part of it. But when I saw the team play. It excited me because, you know, he said to me, and this is, I I mean, most of the things you'll hear have probably been seen in interviews or whatever. He said that I've got a kid from a kid from non-league playing up front. Mm. He said that stage, 
Imagine that Wright hadn't been in the club long. He only he only just got there a few months before me. That yeah. Steve said he's, he's one of the most exciting players I've ever worked with. Now Steve Coppel's played for England and played for Manchester United. So <laughs> yeah. when he when he said that, I was thinking this he's going to be a really experienced player and and he said he's from non-league and he said and to be honest he said he's he's, he's a little black kid and he needs some help on the pitch and he said and if yeah. you two hit it off because of your names and because of your colour. I think the press will have a field day. Yeah. And that's what Steve said at the, within, you know, the first hour of the conversation. It's amazing. So he, was, he, was, he was selling me the club and he was he was telling me, listen, I'm new to football. I've got lots to learn. And I'll, I'll learn as I go along. He said, but I want to be successful. And he's got like, you know, Ron who was backing him and, and, and was equally ambitious. He wanted to get the club in the top flight. And I was taking it. He said to me, you're taking a step back to move forward too. And he said, you have to trust me on that. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, you, you know our relationship with Steve. That the, the, you know, the, the team of ninety, and everyone's quite strong in terms of the relationship with Steve. And you know, with Jeff having the illness that he had, it brought everyone together. And so, you know, it was it was yeah. a it was just a great part, great moment for me to move from Leicester to 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 play football and, and feel relaxed and not go out and feel tense because yeah. you're worried if you give the ball away, you're worried if you you know you you don't pass it well, you're worried if you don't score. And, and I was it to 20, you know, I was 21 when I went to Leicester and, you know, I was ready, I was ready for the next step and maybe Leicester wasn't the right, right timing for me. But anyway, um, yeah, that's how it happened. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you, okay, we've spoken about you and Ian right up front and obviously mm-hmm. to all the Palace fans, that seems to be the perfect combination. And what do you think were the factors that made you work so well together as a pair? Um, hard work. People, people just think it naturally happened. It didn't naturally happen. You know, we had a series of good coaches at the club and, I, you know, let, let me tell you, if, if I wasn't Mark Bright, I'd want to be Ian Wright. He, he could do everything I couldn't. And if you if you see Ian on the training ground, because don't forget, this guy came from non-league. He was he, he was similar to me, except for I was a bit more polished, that was all, because I'd, I'd had a year with, with Port Vale and John Rudge worked extra time with me in the afternoons and everything. And then I went to Leicester where there was a coach called Dave Richardson who used to be the youth team coach, and he helped me in the afternoons. He, he kept youth team players behind to help me to, to I was trying to I was playing catch up with, with Lineker and Alan Smith. They were all better than me, so I was playing catch up. So it was the same with with, with Wrighty. He, he had all the raw materials in training and he used to do overhead kicks and everything. You know the one what Rooney scored? I can tell you now, any palace yeah. will tell you, Ian Wright used to do that all the time in training. He could <laughs> score from any and, and so what what we were trying to do as a team and as as as, as a strike partner, getting to take those skills onto the pitch. Don't be afraid to do it on the big stage. But what Ian liked is just just um, the game sense of terms of being brought up and knowing where to hold, knowing where to pass, knowing where to run in the channel. You know, the instinctive things you cannot teach, and he had that in abundance. What we tried to do is bring him up to speed and, and get him to, to work for the team. Um, yeah. So Ian, Ian Evans, who was the first coach when I was there, he was fantastic in helping us work together, feeding off. He used to hit balls to me. I used to flick it right. I used to get on the end of it. Or he hit balls to me. I used to chest it and right it come around the front. And listen, we used to talk, we used to room together and talk and have things like, you know, on the bed like, I don't know, a, a shoe, a training shoe and this. And if you go here, you, I need you there. And honestly, and that, that's, I don't think the kids do that these days. And I think that's what's lacking, that the things that we used to talk about all the time and watch football. We used to have the Channel 4 football from um, from Italy. Ron knows you used yeah. to have a connection and get it. We used to watch that on the coach and we were consumed with great players and, you know, and movement and touch and, you know, so, yeah. and, and the other thing we used to pride ourselves on is 
looking how Cascarino and Sherring and, and Sherring went on, and looking how um, other players around the leagues went on, and who was scoring and I wasn't, and you know, we, we kind of wanted to be the best. So we worked really hard. Stan Turner did a lot with us. Ian Brentford did a little bit with us as well. Wally Downs did a little bit when he was there. So it was a combination of things. You know, Steve Steve didn't kind of work too much on that. He, he worked on all this. He worked on little little bits within the team, and the coaches always set the team up. You know, but the the one thing he said, he pulled Ian and me in, and he just said, "Look, you put people under pressure. You know, you're very you're very intimidating." And Solarco is he'll get there. You've got to encourage him as opposed to destroy him because you're shouting at him all the time. And Eddie McGoldrick and, and Phil Barber and that, you know, they, these people are your best friends. You've got to get them to cross, thing, cross the ball for you. And as you know, then, yeah. Wright used to say to Solarco, if you put some crosses in today, I'll give you that tie add on. And, and, and John used to <laughs> easily bought. So John was the same shoe size as Wright as well. So John used to say, Righty, I like them brogues. Can I, can I, can I get the brogues off? <laughs> and Wright said, if you create two goals, I'll give you the brogues. So it was all that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, we worked hard yeah. on it. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's all good. Um, okay, then, Mark. <laughs> uh, so. In modern times, there seem to be a few true strike partnerships, such as yourself and Ian, and yes, OS from Blackburn, and so on and so on. In that sense, do you think the pressure on players to perform every week and the modern squads are rotated means an end really can see anything like working out for a club like Palace, another strike partnership developing? Um, I had I had a um, like a letter. A, a guy got in touch with me on Twitter and and um, he just said I'm doing something for college, a thesis and everything. And you know, yeah. can I interview you about about something? And I, you know, I try and yeah, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm the world's best, but I try every now and again. I respond to people and try and help them a little bit. And and he said to me, Why are there no strike partnerships now? And I said that's something you should be writing for yourself because if you yeah. can see England played four three three the other day, and Darren Bent was down the middle, and then you had Wayne really t- slightly left, and Ashley to the right, Ashley Young, and a lot of the foreign teams are playing like this now, and it was a question that I couldn't really give them an answer to, because if you go back to the days when, when I was around, and you'd say Russian, Russian Daglish, and you'd say Andy mm. Gray and Shaw, um, you'd yeah. say Wright and Bright, you'd say Shearer Sheringham, you'd say um, um, Sheringham Castorino, and you could go through every team who would have a partnership, Dixon and Speedy and yeah. Chelsea, and it, that's how it worked. The game's become more 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 flexible. The game's changed as we know it. Um, I still like to see a partnership, and every now and again you, you kind of see it. But in general, people are rested. You play certain people for certain games. Um, you know, I in the 15, 14 years I played as a professional, I played one season every game. That was all I did. It. Excuse me. I played I played every game in one season of those 15. That there's yeah. 14, 15 years. So it is really difficult to do. You have to be fit. You have to be lucky with injuries. Um, you have to be lucky with form that the manager doesn't leave you out. But it's a question really I don't have an answer to. It, it's um, when you see a partnership that works and people, partly because partly because our names rhymed as well. And, and yeah. I don't know, partly maybe because we're two black players that people caught up, like caught onto it and, and sort of like, not exploit is the right word, but, you know, really gave us the, the, the sort of like the platform that everybody goes oh yeah right and bright yeah right and bright but you have to know in, yeah, in this it, day and age of multimedia of the internet the, the the radio the TV all the online stuff that you know there's so much more media outlet now so it's less intense on on certain certain teams 
So before, when you've only yeah. got like one match of the day or one live game at the weekend, you know, people watch that and they catch up with everything. Now, if you don't see the goals on a Saturday night, you can see them Monday morning or Sunday or, you know, and it's, um, I think that, you know, it's, it's been diluted a little bit. Okay, Mark, yeah, talking about partnerships, talking about partnerships, you, I've seen you speaking to James Vaughan a bit on Twitter. What do you think about him having a partnership up front? Do you think there's somebody who works particularly yeah. well with him or? Yeah, yeah, like, you know, to be quite honest, right, when um, Steve sold um, Righty, um, he bought in Marco, didn't he, Gabardini, yeah, and the, listen, the, the chemistry wasn't right between Marco and the squad, there was a couple of arguments and, like, yeah. you know, and he came and he, he kind of needed to up his work rate and everything and I think we were patient with him a little bit in the team and, and it didn't quite work out, so Steve sold him after three months and then he bought... From Wrexham, hmm. you that's a good question. Like, you know what? I'm Anyone got a memory? Names right at the of my time. Oh my no, I, I, Come on, you Palace think... fans! You call yourself fans? You bought. <laughs> <laughs> These this lot are too young. I've got no excuse. Um, um, yeah, I think Marco Gabbiadini just removed all memories of strikers from my mind for a period of time. But. Um, Chris Armstrong, oh, yeah. excuse me, Chris, Chris Armstrong. Armstrong. Yeah, of course, yes, yeah. yeah. He, said, he, he said, listen, Chris Armstrong reminded me of James Vaughan a little bit. If you remember, their style's quite similar, yes. quite mobile and eager and eager to run in behind and sometimes running offside. And he said to me, you, you know, you can make Chris, you know, and, and you're the only person who can yeah. help him because on the pitch you've got all the experience and everything. And Chris was unfortunate because obviously I moved, I moved, I went to, to Sheffield Wednesday shortly afterwards and. And, you know, but he went yeah. on to be obviously a good player and play for Spurs and, and, had, and, and had, a good, had a good career. But, you know, James reminds me of Chris a lot, you know, in terms of his movement. And, you know, I just, I just I, you know, I'm not trying to take over Dougie's job in any means. And Dougie knows what no, I'm no. like within the club and everything. But, you know, there was a couple of things that I saw and I just thought to myself, if he was just a little bit more patient or just improved his movement in terms of not being too eager to get in behind, then he wouldn't get caught offside and his pace would then really come to the fore because, you know, he, he would bend his run. And I said, that we, we chatted on Twitter a little bit and, you know, he was very respectful and, you know, he, he just said, well, I appreciate all of the help and everything. And it, it, was, it was that kind of thing where, yeah. you know, Dougie's got a lot on his mind. You can imagine, you know, he's, there's all sorts of things going on. And, yeah. and, and, and James, he will get there. He will get there and, and you know, because he wants to do well and he, he worked hard. And I said to him, listen, you, you'll work hard in the game and you, you won't get a reward for it. But don't get despondent yeah. because you'll get the re- you may get the reward in the next game. And I think that's what he did. I think he got his goal in the next game. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I apologise, Mark. I've been distracted. John, I think you were going to talk about the uh, Palace, in- Palace finishing third. Yeah, sort yeah. I mean, obviously, we finished third there uh, when you played for us, and we were genuine title consent- uh, contenders for a period. Can you realistically see Palace or any club of our size reaching those heights again? And what was it that really got us there under Steve Koppel? Boy, that was 91, wasn't it? I think it was the year after yeah. the FA Cup. Because we went yeah. on to win the Zenith Data, I think, didn't we? It was a good team. It was a, it was, it was a good team. And it's the equivalent now of Blackpool finishing third in the Premier League. Yeah. Because you, people have to, you have to put things into perspective. That was what it was like. We were, you know, we obviously went to the cup final in 1990 and that gave us the profile, you know, and that was a solid team. And what I say is you can be lucky to win a cup, but you can't win the league and be lucky. You know, the best team wins. And we were the third best team in the league that year. Did Leeds win it? Leeds won it, I think, that year. 
Yeah, yeah, they did, yeah. I think, I think Leeds won it, you know, I think that was the year before the Premier League started, wasn't it? So I think Leeds were the last team. And, and we had a, we, we had a, we had, we had the foundation and, you know, the base of the defence, you know, a good defence with Blazy and then, you know, Thorny and Eric and that sort of thing and, yeah. Tasty and, and then we, we had the, the really hard working midfield and the combination was right. We had a few options in there and, um, obviously right in myself and it was just, um, it was, it was, it was just a great time because on the back of the cup final, I can't tell you how long it took us to get over it. It was, we went, we went, we had a tour sort of, um, uh, the Cayman Islands, Jamaica and was it Trinidad, Trinidad and Tobago in, yeah. after that. And because we went to a replay, we didn't have any time. We, we kind of, after the replay, we just went like we had the, a couple of days later. And we were flat for a few days, and Steve got everyone together on the on the beach, you know. And he, took, and he just got some beers and everything. Just says, "Look, you know, you got to pick yourselves up." And it's no yeah. shame beating my Manchester United, you know. We we've got to use this as like you know a bit of a base and move on from here. And to think that the next year that you know the disappointment of losing the cup final, the next year we finished third, and you know the, you look at the yes. teams who were below us, it was it was an absolutely sensational season. And it no was unbelievable. Yeah, when we've had, our, when I've had conversations with other players like at Sheffield Wednesday, you know, I've had, an, I've had loads of football arguments with Chris Waddle, you know, about, you know, first of all, we were arguing about who's played at the most grounds, all this sort of thing. And then he said to me, what's the highest you've ever finished? And I said, I said, what's the highest you've finished? He said, third, I think with Spurs. And I said, third with Crystal Palace. He went, no chance. <laughs> yeah, everyone says that, yeah. <laughs> no one remembers it other than Palace fans. Nobody will believe it. And I said, the facts there were, and you know why we didn't play in, in Europe? Obviously because the um, the, 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 the band Liverpool. on the English the teams. Because, the, because yeah, yeah. The, the, the Liverpool fans and that. So we, we would have been playing in the Champions League. Yeah, exactly. It's some, it's, I, I say, I have conversations with people all the time and people think I'm making it up, that I've, I've invented some other form of history where, where Palace were able to do that and you can't realistically see it happening again, but it was an amazing time to support the club. It'd be very, very difficult because we all know that it, that's, the money is such an influence now because, you know, say Bright, say, excuse me, say, um, a Black, a Blackpool Stale. Yeah. The, the 50 million pound, they, you know, for the first season, then a 50 million. Now, he should be able to strengthen that team in every department. You know, but I can guarantee you, when you're a team of that size, a Charlton, a Palace, a Blackpool, you know, a Blackburn, a, a Barnsley, you have one bad season, you go down. Whereas yeah. some of the teams have a bad season and they finish in the top half and people go, oh, it's a bad season by their own standards. But you're one of those teams, as Charlton have proved, as Sheffield Wednesday, well, Sheffield Wednesday were a bigger club and I didn't expect them, but those teams who come up and you can mm. call them the yo-yo teams or whatever, those yeah. are the teams who you're saying should be able to challenge for the Premier, for the Premier League uh, or Champions League place and it's not possible. It's not possible yeah. because the games and the quality of the squads is so much better now. The, you know, the, yeah. the, the, it's very, very difficult and I would say nigh on impossible for someone to do what we did and finish third now. I think so. It's a shame, but that's that's yeah. modern football for you. Anyway, Albert, sorry, mate. It's your go. Yeah, Mark, um, you did some coaching with some of our youngsters for a while. Um, just wondering, do you still get to do that? Or, and is coaching something you would like to do more of? Or, uh, you know, are you very settled in your media career? No. Um, it, listen, I, 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 I'm at the academy twice a week and... You know, Gary's it's the, the, the um, academy director down there now, and, and it just continued my work from last year. Um, 
I, I, I take the strikers from each age group from 10 to 16 and, 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 and now and again I'll take the kids, you know, the seven or six year olds, eight year olds or whatever, just make it fun for them. But, you know, that's just every now and again. But generally, sort of like, you know, twice a week, Wednesday, Thursday evening, I will get half an hour with each age group. Um, and four, four strikers, six strikers, sometimes two age groups put together and, and, and just try and make it fun for them, you know, and whatever you do with your right, you put you yeah. with your left, you know, heading, chest, volleying, all the, all the little things to try and get, to try and put, sow seeds in their head that if you're in a certain position, you can turn and score. If you're in another position, you can head towards goal and, Repetition, you know, striking with the left foot, striking with the right, making sure they they balance themselves off. That you know they're coming through the ranks. And I said that you see the best players. You can you can talk about Messi and Maradona and all that, saying they've only got one foot. They they're genius. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Forget them. You're going to become. You're going to be well below them. Can you be <laughs> a really accomplished striker? Can you be? Will you be able to head the ball? Will you be able to volley with the left foot? Volley with the right? Can you have a nice touch? Use your chest. Can you like you know know what midfield players want when you've got your back to goal? They want that ball feeding into them. You know all those little things. And I'm not trying to take away from anything that the coaches are doing because you know we're working hard in the academy to try and get people through. Um, mm. But I'm just. All I'm doing is just trying to help a little bit, give something back, really, to to the club that. Is there anybody that we should be excited about coming through? Yeah, I think there's some. We've got some good youngsters, and um, yeah, I I don't think Gary. I don't think Gary is going to be. You know, want me to sort of like bang the drum and sound sound the names because, as you know, that (laughs) a lot of teams like look at the players and and you know they they sort of like they take them at schoolboy age, and you know you get a little bit of money here, a little bit of money there, and. Everybody seems to do it, and you know we've got some exciting players coming through. It, you know, as schoolboys. But listen, it, it's it's such a a hard industry. I would say that it's the best industry when you make it. it you know, getting there is really difficult. And if my my brother's my nephew's in in, in you know in, in two systems, he's training with two teams up in the northwest, and you know he's very skillful. He's only small, and you know I think what what Barcelona have done it, it you know. Is just say that you don't have to be six foot three, you don't have to be you don't have to be able to run a hundred miles an hour and be as strong as like you know you know Mike Tyson whatever. You just have to be technically gifted and understand the game and understand the process of what's required from you. So if you're small and you're good and you're technical and you've got a good touch and you can pass and and see the see the picture, you can still play football. But I, I, you know, Barcelona have saved a lot of kids. I think their careers because we got a lot of small kids who think that because they're not tall, they're not going to make it, and that's not true. Yeah. 
you know, we've got a couple of youngsters who, I think, um, Kyle De Silva, who's like his first year academy, yep. he's, he's blessed with a very calm, sort of like, you know, he's, he's got a very good vision and he's got a lovely touch on the ball and, you know, he, he, but what happens is the boys go full time and it, it drains you a little bit, you know, you've gone from being at school to your uh, full time football, you're, you know, you've got to do your education as well and, and you train every day and it drains you and sometimes it takes you a while to catch up. Um, but yeah, we, we, you know, Johnny Williams as well is a, is a, is a nice footballer. Um, he's, he's in the system. I think he's captain Wales. Um, central, little central yes. midfield player. But you know, yeah, we've, yeah. we've got a couple in, and at schoolboy age as well, there's a big leap in every year. These, you know, as the younger ones go out, the older ones come in and the quality steps up and the power steps up and, you, you know, and you, you see that and you, you see the technique, you see them developing as young players and, you know, it's nice and it's exciting, but, you know, I look at the parents and the parents come and they're dedicated. They drop the kids off and they stay there and, you know, a couple of hours and they get in the car and go home. And for the kids not to make it or to be told, they, they don't think they're going to be good enough. It's very yeah. frustrating and annoying for the parents. This is the industry. There's, you know, I don't know, one one in every probably thousand who will get to the first team. And you've got to say to yourself, wow. you know, how determined are you? Because when I was at school... I can name you three or four people who are better than me by a long yeah. way. But no, maybe my driving determination pulled me through as opposed to my ability. I had to work really hard to get to it, to achieve what I wanted. Yeah, it's definitely a huge factor. You know, it's not just about how good you are, is it? It's, I mean, I've, you know, we, we've spoken to a lot of the, the academy lads on, on this, on this show. They've been, you know, nice enough to, to come and talk to us and, I mean, to a, to a man that they're all, they've all got the right attitude. You can hear it in the way they talk. And it's, you know, they've all, they all talked about John Williams as, as the next one to break through. Um, I mean, obviously we, we heard today of the, of the, of the second years. I think Dan Pringle has been let go, which is a real, real, real shame, but it's yeah. so competitive up at that end. I think that, you know, it's always, well, it's know, always going to happen. Listen, and I've, 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 I've hung around and I've been there when I've seen the, these things happen. And I think at my last mm. club, Charlton and, when it comes to sort of like April or whatever, they have to make decisions on people, whether they're going to keep them on or let them go. And it's the toughest time for the players because they're very nervous about yeah. it. And, I, you know, I remember at Charm one time, Curbs was seeing them sort of like, you know, 10 minutes at a time. And it's it's horrendous. And I waited downstairs and some of them came down in tears. And I just yeah. so I just told them, I said, listen, let me just give you a name of these the players who got released and didn't, didn't make it to certain clubs. You know, David Platt. You know, went on to win championship at, at, at Arsenal and, and, and Captain England. Ian Wright, Les Ferdinand, Stuart Pearce. There, there is a list as long as you're on of players who didn't cut the, cut the mustard, went to non-league and came back. It depends how determined you are. Just of recently, you know, we've seen people like Jermaine Beckford um, go from, I think, from Wheelstone and um, um, uh, Smalling, Chris Smalling, you know, go from um, non-league yeah. to Fulham to Manchester United to... You know the ver- you know England on on the verge of England. So you know it can be done, but the player has to be determined. You know he has to show a, so a, a lot of application and, and dedication in terms of staying away from the drink. You know from clubbing, yeah. from girls can get in the way. These are all things that come to, come into the life of a, a teenager. This is what happens in life. You you know you discover yeah. drink, you might start smoking, you you might you know mm. you might have a girlfriend, and you know that everyone's you know each little. Avenue is a distraction from the main goal of football. You know, I'm not saying you can't have a girlfriend or you, you know, I'd say stay away from the beer, definitely stay away from the cigarettes. 
nothing wrong with a girlfriend, but, you know, clubbing can get in the way, because cl- there's, you know, there's an element of distraction yeah. with the clubbing and nights and late nights, and as we've seen before, players get into trouble, but, you know, you know, keep your eyes on the prize, that's what I kind of tell the, the young players, and you, you see the cars, yeah. you see the houses, and all the, the things, the trappings that come with it, if you want that, work hard and stay focused and dedicated. Yeah, I think that's that's the sort of overriding message. No, that's brilliant, Mark. Um, okay, we're going to go to a, a few user questions because um, we promised them we would. I think we could talk to you forever, but um, I think we better better at least get some sort of uh, questions from those guys. Um, I think John, you're going to pick up the first one for us. Yeah, we got one of the uh, users. His uh, name online is Kermit Eight, and he says, "Mark, in 40 years of supporting Palace." I can quite honestly say I've never celebrated a goal quite as much as your equaliser against Liverpool at Villa Park in 1990. Uh, just wondering, <laughs> in your own personal goal-scoring celebrations, <laughs> where that one ranks for sheer emotion and which one is your own personal number one? Oh, I, I don't know. I, um, you know, th- that I, it's, it's very difficult and, it, and people always go, oh, God, you sit on the fence or whatever. It's, it's very difficult because, as you know, I, I don't know how many fans went to, to Barnsley away. Barnsley away one time. We'd had somebody sent off, and the ball came to me. There was only a few minutes to go. It was in front of the dugout, and they went. Everyone jumped out of the dugout and just goes, get in the corner, Brian, get in the corner. I started running towards the corner, and then I cut back on myself and went infield. And I went infield, 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 and I didn't know what to do. And I, 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 and I just thought, oh, let me hit it. And I hit it with my left foot, and it went in the top corner. Now, I don't know if... Like, I, I got in touch with Barnsley, and I said... Because at those days we used to have one camera, and that was the club camera, for, to watch the video yeah. of, you know, what went wrong. And they only had one camera, and it was not on a TV camera's their own. And I said, could I get a copy of the video, please, because it's probably the best goal scored. And they went, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, honestly, oh, it's disgraceful. Honestly, <laughs> have, have probably the best goal scored, but because, it, because the occasion was like, you know, I don't know, there might have been 5,000 people there. Um, because the occasion sets the tone for prop, for a lot of goals. I would say that yeah. the semi-final winner against Liverpool, because, because people have to understand that, you know, we've been beaten 9-0 early in the season. Yeah. And people sat oh, yeah. down to watch this, the first ever live FA Cup game at lunchtime. Well, first live FA Cup game ever. But it was the, there was a double header. One was at lunchtime, one was later on at about 4 o'clock. So everyone goes, oh, tune in and watch Palace get a good idea because I would have said the same. If that, you know, if I, I'm a, I'm, you know, as a player, I would have said Liverpool or Kane them. That's what I would have said. Yeah. So I would have sat down, tuned in to watch the same thing. But for us to go in, I think it was one nil half time, and then Steve to say, don't worry, no panic, no worries. We've still got a lot mm. of football left in us. We've got some set pieces. We've got, you know, we we could get back in this game. You've got to be positive. But one thing you can't do is afford to go 2-0 down. So, you know, be positive, blah, 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 yeah. blah. Pepe was shut off down the right. Cross came in. Solaka went in. Ball deflected to me and I and hit it with left foot. And he just, you know, um, ricocheted off, uh, I'm not sure, Steve McMahon, was it? Off the, off the, or Ronnie, Ronnie Whelan? Off, uh, one Ronnie of them was on the line. Ricocheted off the head. Yeah. And, yeah, to, to I, I mean, I don't know. It needs somebody smarter than me to put it into the correct words because I don't know how you explain that feeling that, that any goal scorer has on it on any given occasion, yeah. a playoff final, a FA Cup semi-final, an FA Cup final, whatever, when you know you're you're back in it, and it's not the winner, but you're back in it, and don't know. I think some, it goes all cloudy in your head, and you kind of run <laughs> towards the, you see the colour, and you you you're, you're you're trying to 
say something but you can't and you jump and everyone jumps on you and, and then it, the, the adrenaline drops and subsides and you go, okay, well, we're just back in it. That's all. We're just back in it. Um, it was a fantastic feeling, but I can tell you a better feeling when the final whistle went. Because yeah. <laughs> came up and he, right, he came hobbling on with his, his plaster cast on the front and <laughs> jumped up and down together. And Andy Gray just said to me, just really simply goes, we're going to play in an FA Cup final. And yeah. it was, it was, it, that was an unbelievable moment because I can tell you now, any player with two or three games to go is petrified of getting injured. Yeah. Petrified. So that was, that was probably one, that was my, one of my greatest moments. And, and also to score the semi-final winner for Sheffield Wednesday against Sheffield United, that, that was, um, that was a great moment for me as well. Yeah. Okay. I bet. <laughs> We could talk about that 1990 game uh, for the for whole evening, but I'm going to bring it back <laughs> to the to the present uh, for now. Obviously, Dougie Friedman has been appointed as our manager now. And what would you say to all the people that are kind of questioning his tactics and, and what he's doing after only a short period in time? Yeah, ju- I mean, just be patient. And the most the, the most important thing is for the for the club, obviously, to survive. We've got what five home games and three away games. As we know, our home form has been very good. The away form has just been mm-hmm. really bad. Now, I can, I can reassure you, now, I, I, I speak to Dougie, I'm a Dougie fan, I, I know what his vision, I, you know, we've talked and I know what he wants, but he, he's, he's, on a, he's in the fast lane, he's really desperate to, to try and turn it all around to get to where he wants to go. And I think Steve Parrish and Martin and, you know, are, are behind Dougie and they've appointed him and given the job because he, was, he wanted it. Steve said to me, yeah. Steve Parrish, he wanted it, Mark, he was desperate, he wanted it. And, and he believes in him, you know, and he, and he chatted to him and he, and he saw what he wanted. And I think Dougie, from working within, knew the players, knows the club. The club know him. The fans know him. He knows that that popularity only lasts as long as the results last. You know, it, 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 you know, he will be he will be fine in the long term. I think that, you know, I, I like what he wants to do. And I, you know, I'm right behind him and I, you know, I, I want him to succeed. But first and foremost, he knows the first task in hand is... Let's make sure we win the championship next year. In the summer, you know, I know what he wants to do. And I know how he wants to play. And I know what he wants to do around the club and everything like that. But it's first things first. It's one step at a time. Yeah. You know, he's, 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 he's driven. Um, I, I wouldn't say, I, I, would, I would say don't, don't, don't get confused that he's Mr. Nice. I think um, he, he could have, a, he, he could have a, a, a mean streak about him. Yeah, uh, he's Scottish, isn't he? So, <laughs> he, he, well, we're not stereotyping it, but he—he's <laughs> just—he's—he's he's, he's got some drive inside him. And yeah. if you're with me, you're with me. If you're not, you have to fall by the wayside because he wants to go somewhere and he wants everyone to tag along and go along as, as, as a peloton, get behind each other and push the whole thing along. So yeah. I'd say to him, listen, it's not how it's not how he wants it at the moment, and it's not how the club wants it. It's not how the fans want it. It's not how the players want it. But please be patient and give him a chance. Give him a chance, you know, to get the keep, keep the club up. And I, I think that I've seen a big difference in the team, in the application, and just in the organisation. I know I've only seen them at home. Yeah. Uh, and everyone's working really hard and flat out. And I think that he's got the players on board. I think they believe in him. The, basically, we all know this. It's a results, results-based industry. Yeah. the results to stay up in the summer I don't think he's too far off a, a decent team because no. I can only draw comparisons with QPR last year when, when Neil left and, and joined QPR and he, he got them out of the way of the bottom. He had a few, won a few games and that sort of thing and he knew yeah. what he wanted and it wasn't much. You know what he did? He, t- he took two players and he, 
and those two players have had a very influential uh, bearing on QPR's position today. I know that they've got another player and Terap and, and etc. etc. Paddy Kenny, but the two players he took were very instrumental in, in, in turning the season around for QPR to champions. You, you know, they're going to win the league. I don't think there's any question about that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It doesn't take much. And I know people say, might turn around and say, Mark, that's ridiculous. We can't even win away from home or whatever. But I'm telling you that one or two players in those positions, coupled with Dougie getting a full pre-season and his mm. methods over what he wants and everything, I think, you know, because you you look at the, the odds in that at the start of the season, I think Palace are one of the favourites to try and, you know, um, to get promotion. Which, this, this, I mean, with the squad that he had, I expected a little bit better. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So, Mark, yeah. You, you spoke then about Dougie's uh, he's learning on the job, which he's admitted freely. Do you think he's almost come, we've come full circle back to the Steve Koppel that you remember? I mean, he was very much learning on the job, but was a great success. Do you think Dougie could go the same way? Yeah, but, yeah, but don't, Steve wasn't a great success to start with. You know, mm, that's Steve, true. Steve, Steve wasn't a great success. No, he just didn't jump in the job and everything clicked. He had lots of things to do when he had to get rid of some experienced players, you know, Mickey Droy and that. And then when it, when it came time, it was a difficult decision. And, you know, Jimmy Cannon, who's a legend at Palace, and, you know, to make the decision to not to keep him on, to try and move the whole thing forward, that's not an easy decision. And getting the blend right. Don't forget Steve. Steve had players and he had a criteria that the player had to have a little bit of anger in him that he'd been rejected somewhere and had a point to prove. Yeah. And I know it's an easy sort of, it's an easy philosophy to follow, you know, oh, let me grab some players who've been released by big clubs feel a bit angry towards the manager, got a point to prove. But, you know, you have to put those pieces together. And he only signed a certain type of player. He didn't get everything right. He got a few wrong. But, you know, that's the, he used to take us away to Sweden pre-season and blend the squad. And I'm sure that Dougie has, is, is coming to the position which is better than Steve because Dougie knows the club. He knows the club inside yeah. out. He knows the squad because he was the assistant there. So he knows all the players. Steve had to come in assess who he wants, who he doesn't want, who, to, who he can work with, who he can't work with, get his staff around him that he wanted, get the, you know, the, the chief scout, etc., etc. It's all in place. Dougie knows who, everybody there. So Dougie starts off on a better footing than Steve, but of course he's learning the job. He's got his philosophy. He knows how he wants to play, and he knows what he wants to do. But at the moment, he has this personnel in, with him in, this, in terms of the squad. That's what he has to work with unless he can bring a few other people in. I think it's, uh, it's a very fair point. It's, there is a, com- a comparison there, but perhaps not uh, not directly. Anyway, um, Mark, we've we've got so many questions from listeners, but we're going to have to apologise to those people and and you know. Well, fire uh, away, fire away, fire away quickly. I mean, if you've got to about eleven o'clock, listen, we've got some <laughs> we've got some quick fire questions for you. Anyway, uh, we'll see how those go, and um, there's no no need for a, you know, a huge answer or anything like that. But then we'll we'll try and fit in some of the guys' questions after that. So it's a sort of quick five questions for you, right. and, uh, and and then uh, we'll, we'll sort of take it from there. I mean, mine first. It's I phrased it uh, in a bit of a strange way, but basically. You sort of hear stories from uh, from that sort of era of football, if you like, about some of the the mad things that go on behind the scenes, and they're usually centred around, you know, a, the sort of the biggest practical joker at the club. I mean, who who was that during your time at Palace? Oh God, that's a, that's a must have been a well, few. Well, I'll tell you what, I did once we went away at the end of the season or during the season to Tenerife. Yeah, we had yeah. a training camp there, and I think um, there was um, two or three players involved. In shaving off Dave Madden's eyebrow, which didn't go down well. <laughs> the next morning, when Dave Madden, we had a couple of drinks the night before, 
they videotaped it, and you could hear the voices that were involved. I don't think Dave Mann knows who they are to this day. <laughs> he was a he was a character. Well, um, so the, there's, a, there's a couple of practical jokers there. There's a I don't know the Pembo was a Pembo was quite funny. Do you know what the squad as a whole? The squad mm. as a whole, it, the blend was right. You have you have leaders and followers, and you know we had a, some good strong leaders, and we had a few people who like to join in the banter. Everybody had their strengths and weaknesses, you know. Soloko is a right, right, he was funny. Um, you know, I don't know, it was just, there was just, oh, God, one person doesn't, one person doesn't stand out. Pards was quite dry, because he was quite yeah. cutting as well. You know, because he came in, he was a glazier, so it worked, you know, it worked with, the, you know, in industry, you know, with guys, you know, the industrial language and the, the banter. So when he came in, he could hold his own with anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. I mean, I was just, oh, sorry, John, I was just going to say, there's so many, if you sort of think about that team now and you think about how many of that team are in prominent positions, either in football or in the media yeah. or something like that, I think that, that probably tells its own story about how strong the personalities were there. Uh, I just Absolutely, wanted to make that, yeah. make that point before, before John speaks. Sorry, John. That's all right, Chris, no worries, mate. Um, <laughs> if you could sign any player for Palace today, who would it be? <laughs> who would it be? Mm. Yeah. Uh, John Terry. Yeah. John Terry, just because I, I watched him the other day, and you know what? And, and we're talking about on the pitch things here. He's mm. fan, he's fantastic. He's a leader. He talks to the people around him. He communicates. He reads situations. He's not. Isn't he? Hasn't. He isn't blessed with lightning pace. But he's he's, he's just. He, to me, he's a like Tony Adams. That that, yeah. that dying breed where. They influence everybody around them, and they lead by example, you know. And he's, he, he, he does things right. He times it right, and um, he pulls people to interposition around him. And he's completely he's communicating with midfield players and the goalkeeper, right back, left back. He's, he's you know very good and very influential. And people lead people follow leaders. He, I think he's a strong leader. Yeah, oh, that's fair. Yeah. Aaron, <clears throat> yeah, um, okay then, Mark. Other than Palace. What team do you enjoy watching the most? Because there are quite a few to choose from. Yeah, um, I would say to, to visually, I went, I took my boy to watch Arsenal. He's a big Arsenal fan, and to watch Arsenal play is is, is it's beautiful. And we all, yeah. I you know, I, I'd love them to win something, you know, very quickly because he seems to have everything but that final that that bit that count. I don't know if it's ruthlessness or I think he's a, the, the keeper and the defence sometimes a bit of a liability, but. Um, Arsenal play I think the football that most clubs most fans would like to see their, their teams play because it's very beautiful and the movement and the touch of the players and the athleticism it's all good but you know the winning's the most important thing as we all know but Arsenal play with a great style yeah okay and a quite simple question for me who is your all time footballing idol Mark? my footballing idol you will never have heard of and, and everyone always <laughs> says the same thing um um, Match Magazine asked me this one time and managed to get a picture of him. Um, his name's George Fryer and he used to play for the Galley and Kidsgrove Athletic. And <laughs> I was about, I don't know, about seven years old. And he could play in goals, centre half or centre forward. He's like American football, he'd have square shoulders and cut down to the waist like a V. He was so, his, his physique was brilliant and he, was, he could do anything. And I thought <laughs> at the same time, Mark. I, <laughs> 
and I used to carry his gloves up to, from when he used to play for the galley, my local sun, Sunday team, the, the pub team around the corner. I used to carry his gloves up while he smoked. <laughs> and then... Uh, you know, he's behind the goals and just clapping and everything. He was like, oh, and then later on, I played golf with him, you know, because I got transferred. I went to, to Leicester and that sort of thing. And he yeah. saw my brother and he said, oh, I'll tell you, I'm really pleased for Mark, blah, 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 blah. And then when I came back one time, my brother said, oh, George Fry was asking about you. And I said, really? Yeah. And he gave me his number and I called him and went and had a game of golf. And um, he, was, he was brilliant because he was like, he was my hero but growing up because... Back in the day, it was like there was like the Sunday match or something. That was it, and I was always out playing yeah. football. So I I didn't watch very much football when I was younger. I was always out playing. So uh, you know, I didn't I didn't identify or recognise a lot of players because I didn't watch a lot of football. I was playing all the time. But George Fryer, yeah, was my hero. A- apart from that, I think the obvious. I think um, you know any of them getting the stars growing up. You know, what you managed to see on TV. Um, I think. Oh, God, I'm trying to think of. Somebody, I tell you, I tell you, was an idol to me as well, Jimmy Greenoff, because Jimmy Greenoff nice. played for Manchester United, Stoke City, um, and he was he came to Port Vale right at the end of his career, and he used to he used to train in the morning with the first team, and then he used to take Robbie Earl and me on the side of the pitch for technique, the same things that I'm set, showing the kids now in the academy. Jimmy Greenoff used to show us not not running around like them, just technique. He was the best volleyer, chest and volley. Cushion on it, head, cushion on his head and volley, and he taught us all those things. And so, like he was, a, he was a, you know, um, he's a big hero of mine. Okay, that's fantastic. Excellent. And uh, Mark, which current Palace player is your favourite to watch? Um, I, I mean, I think Julian's been brilliant. He's, mm. He really has for the, you know, for the last few seasons. Um, that speaks for itself. I, t- to watch though, I would have to say Danzi. Because yeah. I think it, I think I think there's lots more to come from him. So I think he's got some fantastic ability. Um, hopefully, a signature on a contract. Yeah, well, hopefully. I mean, everything's dependent. Obviously, you, you stay up and then you, you sell him the plan a little bit, and um, because I think that I think he gets it, and I think you know he's got all-round ability. He's, he works really hard. He's got lovely quality on the ball. Um, you know, I know Darren scores the, the crucial goals, but yeah, it's, I, I like watching Danzi. Okay, mate. Listen, I mean, bef- before we wrap anything up, um, we've sort of noticed on, on Twitter you've been doing a bit of uh, running and cycling. It's sort of linked to the Jeff Thomas Foundation. Can yeah. you, uh, before, before we go, can you tell us what that's all about? Yeah, um, um, as you know, obviously with Jeff's um, bone marrow transplant and, you know, catch, get, uh, and having leukaemia, um, yeah. he just started fundraising for the Jeff Thomas Foundation, set the foundation up and raising money to find out more about you know, leukemia. I know they've, they've, they've amalgamated with somebody now and I should have the right name, but I don't have it. Um, so Jeff's, all, Jeff's encouraged me to sort of, because I can't run anymore because of my hip, um, mm. I've, I, I started cycling. Jeff got me involved with cycling and got me, you know, the manufacturers and everything and they supplied me with a bike and I just started cycling about three years ago, I think it was. And every year I've said I'm going to do the London to Paris. So yep. I think the first year was the Confederations Cup in June, so I couldn't do it. The next year was the 20, um, what was it? The, the, yeah, the, the, the World Cup last year in South Africa. Yeah. So I couldn't do it. So this year I've said to him, yeah, I'm definitely doing the London to Paris cycle ride for his foundation. <laughs> and, um, right. and so, so it's so far so good. I went on a training ride yesterday with lots of people involved in the, I think it's just L to P, they call it. And, um, yeah, we, we met and went on like a 55, 56 mile ride. Um, 
and it was the first time I've ridden within a you know a large group. And it was yeah. very good, very enjoyable. The weather was fantastic. We went around the Surrey Downs and went up Box Hill and all that sort of thing. And if anyone wins the mil- wins wins the Euro Lottery, can you flatten Box Hill for us? Please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no problems, definitely. So yeah, no, just do cycling and hopefully um, everything will be okay for June. And Solarco, myself, um, Lee Dixon, um, Will Carlin. Will's got a few other people involved as well. We'll all be sort of riding. I might hope I haven't missed anybody out there. Oh, um, no. Jeff, Jeff knows the full list anyway. So, yeah, yeah. we're just uh, raising, uh, raising money, raising awareness for, obviously, Jeff's foundation. That's a, it's a fantastic cause. I mean, I, I remember watching, I've obviously read Jeff's book, and uh, I've watched some of the videos on his site at the time when he did the, uh, the sort of first one. I think they made a program on, on ITV about it as well. Yeah, the, the, the amount of... The amount of uh, grief he put himself through just in that that first uh, sort of first year, if you like. On 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 that note, I I've just got to say that when you when you're a professional footballer, you 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 form bonds with people, and it's really strange how, like in life and at your workplace, you're closer to some people than others. When you go out on a Saturday as the team across the line, you're together as one. Like it's hard to explain, but then when you come off the pitch or whatever, you sometimes socialise with some people and not with others. But, you know, in Jeff's hour of need, I have to say that the Palace team pulled together. You know, yeah. they pulled together and um, it was fantastic. I organised a, um, a game against some celebrities at, at Salas Park um, a, a while back. And thanks for everyone who supported it and came along. That and was a great day. Yeah, it was, just, it was just fantastic that, you know, the players just came out. You know, I got all the numbers and everything. I started to text everybody and, and email and everything. And everyone was saying, yes, 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 yes. You know, there's a few people who couldn't make it, and, and, and yeah. no, no, not a problem with that at all, but it was just nice to see the, the power, really, of forming those relationships back in when we played as footballers that, you know, 10, 15 years later, 20 years later, that in the hour of need, people pulled together and the players came together. It was a nice day on the pitch, and we had some, you know, socialised afterwards and had a laugh and a joke and caught up, and people have moved on. They've got families, and, you know, their own kids are growing up, and it was, yeah. it was, um, it was a really special moment, and... Um, you know, it's all because of Jeff. And I have to say that to play with, he's, he's, he's an he, well, he was an inspiration as a captain because he, yeah. he, he led by example. And, he, and Jeff, Jeff was like a lot of us in the team. He made the best of what he had. And I think Arsene yeah. Wenger always refers to the Martin Keones and the, the Lee Dixons and the, 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 the Tony Adamses as opposed to the Thierry Henry, the Perez, the Vieiras, Bergkamp's. Because he said these these are the players who get the maximum out of themselves, mm. and, and Jeff's one of those players. You know, he went, he's played for England eight or nine times, yeah, but yeah, you know, nine, he, he was inspirational on the pitch, and I think that's why everybody pulled together for him. Because in the end, he's a, he's a, obviously a fantastic guy as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's an absolute legend, one one of my heroes as well, along with your good self from the from the time I first started supporting Palace, but um. Yeah, I mean, obviously, anything anything people can do to support Jeff on that. I know we mentioned in our news item earlier on that there's a way you can text to support Jeff. Um, I, I, the numbers on the the official Palace website, but it'd be it's great great of you to do that as well, Mark. Listen, I think we're gonna we're gonna let you go there. I mean, it's it's been absolutely amazing, and um, we've had so many questions in during the show as well that. You know, hopefully at some point in the future, if you've got time, we can we can store those all up and uh, and perhaps have another chat with you if that's all right. Yeah. All you, all you need to do is to, if you if you if you send me the questions, I'll, I'll try and answer them on, on Twitter or or just by email email to your site. If you oh, remember the questions, when I get some time, I'll just 
I'll shout some short answers. Obviously, short answers that I'm using now. <laughs> no, it's been, to be honest with you, mate, it's been absolutely amazing. We're, we're sort of what sitting here a bit, bit stunned silence, really. It's been brilliant. To, I, could, I could listen to you speak all night, to be honest, mate. So, you know, listen, it's been amazing. It's, it, it, I, I think there's something for most... I don't know. I can speak for myself. There's something very uncomfortable when people talk to you like that because I was with my boy recently. The guy came over and he just wanted to thank me for all the... And it's yeah. kind of embarrassing and you just say, OK, OK. And you're trying to walk <laughs> away and you're not being rude, but that's how no. it comes across as. And, and my boy always say... He doesn't get it because when he watches me on FA Cup Classics and that, he'll say, Uncle Ian was m- miles more skillful than you, Dad. <laughs> Dad, Uncle Ian wouldn't be where he was. So he, he, he said I didn't have any skill. He didn't, I didn't have any skill. I couldn't dribble. I never scored any really good goals. So when people come up, he doesn't realise what the fuss is about. But no, it's, it's just trying to, trying to give something back, just trying to help out a little bit. And like I said before, you know... I, you can't please everybody, but, you know, I think if you can try and please a few, it, it, it always helps. But, listen, no, thank, thanks for having me, and um, hopefully you get a good response from it. Yeah, well, I'm sure we will do. Thank you so much, Mark, and hopefully speak to you again soon. Cheers now. No worries. Cheers, Bye. Mark. Pleasure. Bye. Bye. Okay, guys, that was, that was absolutely amazing. I think we'll, uh, we need a bit of time to recover, but um, obviously we, we're, we're overrunning, but we're more than happy to do that. And uh, I think what we'll probably do for you is, uh, is finish with our, uh, our quiz and, uh, and, then, and then probably end the thing for you. So um, it's a five-question quiz. Uh, each correct answer, we get one point and a total of five points up for grabs. Last week, um, someone, someone got all five correct, so just thought I'd mention that. Some Nigel. Uh, some, some Nigel, that's correct. And, uh, yeah, that would be brilliant. Um, so, okay, I'm wondering, there might be some sort of, uh, problem here. Let me play my music, Mikey says. Off you go, Mikey. Welcome to Homestale Radio Quiz. I'm your host this evening, Palace Guard. Yeah. Okay, and that's that's Palace Guard welcoming us. I forgot to speak. Um, gave you a bit quick quick information earlier. Five questions, five points up for grabs. I'm top of the league table. Some people have zero. Some people have some other points. And uh, on we go for the questions. Okay, who's ready? When I say poll, you say radio. Poll. Radio. Radio. Poll. Radio. 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 Go on, you lot can yabber on a bit. Let's move on. Yeah, fair point. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, everyone ready? Yeah. Off we go. Yep. Yeah. Question one. The last time we won away... The last time we won away... Is he going to say anything further? Oh, hang on. Sorry, Matt, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, mate. Matt Packham. Okay. Sorry, mate. Are you ready to write down your answers to these questions? I forgot to actually talk to you. Yeah. I'll write them Matt. Buddy, do you hear that first question? I think Mikey's going to play it again for you. Question one. The last time we won away was a 2-1 win against Norwich. But who did we beat 3-1 in our previous away win before this? Oh, man. Oh, no. Uh, no. No, it's been... It's it was obviously last season. Uh, oh, I, I have no idea. No idea at all. I have no idea. I'm going to write something down. And uh, has everyone got an answer and wants to move on? Yep. No one else wants to request and repeat it, no? Okay, sweet. Off we go. Question two. 
Advised drag is an anagram of this first team player of the past five seasons. No, what? Advised drag. <laughs> I should never have given him a hard time about these questions earlier, uh, last week. Advised drag. Uh, no. uh, could you repeat that question while I'm just trying question to... Question two. Advised drag is an anagram of this first team player of the past five seasons. Mm. Advised I drag. I have the uh, I have the first name. Um, that's not really going to help. Uh, yeah. Okay. Good, good one. Uh, next question. Question three. Which London striker has played for Arsenal, Crystal Palace, Queen's Park Rangers, Tottenham Hotspurs, Chelsea, West Ham, and Millwall? Yeah. That's, um, <laughs> that really just, like that's amazing. Um, I have no idea as well. Um, okay, I'm going to go with... Um, yeah, okay, I've got my, my answer there for you. I've got a feeling this is going to go badly, lads, this week. Um, Question four. Okay, what what yeah. nation did former player Nick Carl represent at international youth level? <laughs> oh, what? Now, hang on, let me think about this. What does he look like? Okay, I'm going to go with something strange. I guess it's not the obvious answer. Hmm. Okay. Anyone else? Uh, which means look like Mikey. It's, you know. You, you know. Anyway. Um. Okay. Question so, five. Clinton Morrison, Dougie Friedman, Sean Derry, and Neil Shipley all had two separate spells at Crystal Palace. Right. But who made the most appearances of them all? Uh, oh, now. Can you repeat that one? Question five. Clinton Morrison, Dougie Friedman, Sean Derry, and Neil Shipley all had two separate spells at Crystal Palace. But who made the most appearances of them all? Well, that was tough this week. Very, very tough. Okay, Um, everyone, you've written down all your answers, but are they correct? Let's find out. Okay, right, let's go straight through them now. Okay. Question one. What answer did you put? The listener. Didn't have that one, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, moving swiftly up. What did that say? Azar. Ah, right. (laughs) I had Dunfork United. Albert. I went for Coventry. Benno! I didn't get anything for that one either. <laughs> oh, Benno! Sorry. Chris. Uh, I put Blackpool, but it's not right. Jono! <laughs> uh, I went for an unlikely Ipswich town. Mm. The answer is Watford on the 30th of March 2010. <laughs> oh, we have just six that. league away wins in the 42 matches we've played since the beginning of last season. Why them rubbish? Okay, well, nothing Question on that two. one. What answer did you put? The listener. Matt? Uh, I had five traps. <laughs> <laughs> As a... I've got no idea. It was the 
It was question two, and it was um, an anagram of advised drag. Oh, right, that was one I didn't have. Sorry, mate. Okay, no worries. Hazard. No idea. Albert. Edgar Davids. Benno. I didn't get anything for that one. Chris. Yeah, I got as far as David, so uh, you can see where I was going. Jono. <laughs> Yeah, I got Edgar Davids too. No, it's obvious now. Okay. It is obvious. Question three. What answer did you put the listener? Five Allen. Hazard. You're right. (laughs) Albert. I also had Clive Allen. Benno. Yeah, Clive Allen. Chris. Yeah, I put uh, American film actor John Belushi. <laughs> Jono! Well, I was tossing up between Mike Reed and uh, Clive Allen, but I, I erred on the side of Clive Allen. The answer uh, is Clive Allen. Question four. What answer did you put as a... Uh, Sydney A. No idea. Albert. Clinton... Benno! <laughs> I didn't get anything for that one. Chris! I went with Cyprus. Jono! I went for New Zealand. The answer is... Australia. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought we were yeah. the Clinton Morrison question. The answer is... Australia. Fantastic. It's going very well. And um, Question five. What <laughs> answer did you put... The listener. Vincent Morrison. Hazard. Dougie Friedman. Albert. Clinton. Benno. Clinton Morrison. <laughs> Chris. Uh, I put Dougie. Jono. I put Sean Derry. The answer is <laughs> Dougie Friedman. Oh. Here's an update on how the scores stand. Okay, so who's the real Nigel? Who got all five correct? <sighs> no one this week. No one. <laughs> Number four, Claude Davies. Who got four? Nope. <laughs> I hope we're not in the bottom three. Who got three correct? Yeah, again. You're such oh, a show know. pony. You bloody glar. <laughs> Smart ass. Okay, who got two correct? Who's the Fairweather fan? Yeah. Good on ya, that's a ripper score for you. It's true, somebody's cheated. Okay, did anyone get one correct? Yes, I got one correct. Get out, get out right now. Close your door on the way out. It's difficult. He's so, he's so harsh, Ross. You're such a show pony. No one got naught, did they? Which thing that didn't get any then? Are you a Brighton fan in disguise? Good on ya, that's a ripper score for you. <laughs> this is this is just disturbing. Um, okay, brilliant. Well, well, we'll take all those up during the week. Um, dear, that was that was harsh this week. I think we need somewhere somewhere in the middle between really easy last week and and much much Not less hard than that. And um, hush, okay, a bit of quiet, please. Sorry, sorry. What what did you want to say? I'm talking to a robot. Um, Here's an update on how the scores stand. I, I don't know. Shut I, up! No. Shut up, Palace Guard. Yeah, he's just, he can't stop. He's gone mental. 
It is bad. He needs to do better with that. I'm going to end it there. Don't press any more buttons, Mikey. It's become confusing and and and, and awful. Welcome to the Hotel Radio Quiz. I'm your host this evening, Palace Guard. So what is your problem? Let's, um, <laughs> listen, let's end the show there. We've all had a fantastic time talking to Mark Bright, and that's what it was all about this week. And uh, trying to do anything else was a really bad idea, because I don't really know where I am or what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm a bit starstruck, to be quite honest with you. I think we're all feeling the same. So, listen, thanks very much to my co-presenters. Thanks very much to everyone who sent in questions, and we promise we'll get those to Mark for you and get some uh, responses on the homestale. And, uh, and, you know, thanks thanks to my co-presenters this week. I won't give them all an individual chance to say goodbye because, quite frankly, I'm not sure what I'd get from them at the moment. God, you like to yabber on a bit. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, everyone, and we'll see you next week. Bye now. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.